Jesus, there was a region on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee where Greeks lived. Among them, pig farmers. It is, and it was not a place where self-respecting Galilean Jews would go. But one night, Jesus and his disciples are in their boat, and Jesus says simply, let's go to the other side. Going to the other side is not something people who usually stay on their own side with their own kind are likely to do. But Jesus, Jesus wasn't one to stay on his own side with his own kind. He was always crossing boundaries. He was the reckless rabbi, always crossing over into places that no one else would go. On the boat that evening, Jesus tells his disciples, let's go hang out with the Greeks on the other side for a while. And they set out in the darkness, and as they go to the middle of the Sea of Galilee, they run into a storm. Their boat is swamped. Jesus sleeps while the disciples panic. You know that story. They wake him up. Don't you care that we're going to die? And Jesus calms the waters. Whenever you go to the other side, more often than not, you will go through a storm. You will go through some deep water. You will go through some terror. And you will go through some doubt. It takes some courage to cross over and go to the other side. Much easier to stay among your own kind, on your own side, and never risk anything. But Jesus insisted that they go, that they leave the adoring crowds in Galilee behind and go to the other side. The next morning, after the wild ride in darkness through the deep waters, they arrived on the shores of what Mark calls the region of the Gerasenes, in an area east of the Jordan known as the Decapolis. In other words, Gentile land, full of pagans and, in this case, pigs. Along the shore were hills with caves, into which were carved tombs. It was a place of death. No one lived there among the tombs but one. His screams were heard at night. People were terrified of this man. The locals avoided him. He was out of his mind. He was always in torment. He cut himself with stones. He talked to himself, or we might say, himself.
insane laughter mingled with anguished cries in the dark. Some had tried to chain him, but he broke the chains. Nothing could hold him. Nothing could silence him. Nothing could stop him. This man who lived on the other side. Nothing could quiet the voices that rattled around inside him. There was no release, no relief from his pain, no peace, no hope, only chaos on the other side. Then Jesus walks into his world in the light of day, and all hell breaks loose. The man walks out of the caves, out of the tombs, broken chains dangling from his arms and legs, bleeding, dirty, a wild, scary look in his eyes. The, re- the disciples probably recoiled in terror, but Jesus walks calmly toward him. The night before, on the water, when Jesus calmed the storm, his disciples looked at each other and asked, Who is this? But this man who lives among the tombs has no doubt. What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In Mark's gospel, the disciples are always a bit slow to figure things out, while those on the other side, the outcasts, know Jesus by name. What do you want with me? Is better translated, why would someone like you want to have anything to do with someone like me? Why would the living Come looking for the walking dead. Why have you come to this unhappy place, Jesus, on the other side? Swear in the name of God, he says, that you will leave me alone. Tell me you haven't come to the other side just to torment me. He lived in fear and shame. And those who came looking for him usually came with chains to bind him, to put him away. Get out of here, Jesus. Get away from me. But Jesus walks closer. He looks into his eyes and he asks him, what is your name? A peculiar question. What is your name? But maybe not so peculiar. When you ask someone their name, you're asking, who are you? Who are you really? Jesus looks at him through the dirt and the blood and the self-inflicted bruises. He looks at him through his nakedness and the shame and through the chains. He looks at this man who everyone else has written off and left for dead. And he asks him a simple question. What is your name? 
a very personal question. With that question, Jesus reaches deep into his wounded life and his broken psyche, and he sees a person. He sees a human being. He sees a subject, not an object. He sees the image of God, long, twisted, and forgotten. What is your name? What is your name? My name is Legion, he answers. Because there are a lot of different me's inside. All of them fighting to hold me. All of them fighting to have me. All of them fighting to keep me. I know their voices. They talk to me all the time. Voices scream inside me day and night. My name is Legion. I am many. The name is spoken. The name revealed. And the spell is broken. In the ancient world, knowing someone's name and speaking that name was powerful. Just then, Mark says, all the voices cried out at once in a we and an us, not in an I or a me. Don't send us away. We like it here. We belong in him, and he belongs to us. Leave him, Jesus says. And the unclean spirits, as Mark calls them, hitch a ride with a bunch of dirty pigs and run off a cliff. It's, it's a great story. They're gone, just like that. All is quiet. And the man known as Legion is left behind in his right mind with another name. We don't know what that name is, but we'll call him Lou, short for Luo, the Greek word that means set free, delivered. He's no longer possessed and obsessed, no longer held hostage to the voices inside his own head, no longer tormented, no longer terrified, no longer bound in chains. He has been delivered from bondage. This is a story of deliverance. I have come, Jesus says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, quoting the prophet Isaiah, to bring deliverance to the captives, to break their bonds, to set them free. And so this man, in his right mind, free of chains and screams, leaves the tombs fully clothed, and the people who knew him only as a naked maniac now see him as Jesus saw him, as a person created in the image of God, and what was no longer, what was no longer determines what is or what will be. 
Jesus is about to leave, and he, he catches up with him and tells him he wants to follow him, to go with him. He wants to escape the reminders of his bondage. No, Jesus said, you've been set free. Tell everyone what happened to you and give glory to God. Over in Galilee, across the water, Jesus tells those he sets free to tell no one. But here, on the other side, he tells this man to tell everyone and to give glory to God. No secrets here. None. A strange story, especially in our day. But maybe not so strange after all to those of us who are bound by what has been, for whom the past determines the future, who are filled with voices calling us in every direction, and that includes all of us, who are in bondage to our worst instincts and fears, and they're stirred up so easily in us, who, when given a choice, as Sam Keen says, choose known hells for unknown heavens, and we choose them because we know them. We can be set in our ways, dead set in our opinions, bound up by the deterministic presumption that nothing will change, that what you see is always what will be. And there we stay, listening to voices that distract us, maybe even blind us, but certainly keeping us from remembering who we are. Not named Legion, maybe Twitter or Facebook, the voices we listen to are, more often than not, the voices that tell us what we want to hear. The voices that confirm what we already believe. Not the voice that we need to hear, lest it disturb us and shake us loose and set us free. These days, we can easily live in a closed loop of our own making, full of voices that bind us and divide us and isolate us. A world where lies become truth and truth become lies, where we never have to go with Jesus to the other side. We can live in our own self-created, self-curated world filled with voices that close our hearts and close our minds. But here it is, in this place where we are bound up and held, where our deepest fears can be found, 
Here it is that Jesus comes looking for us, reminding us who we are and reminding us who we were created to be. Asking us that disturbing question. What is your name? What is your name? What is your name? Who are you? Really? And in remembering who we are, who were we, we were created to be, whether on this side or the other side, we are set free, delivered, delivered from bondage, cut loose from the known hells we have chosen to live in. The voice of Jesus calls us back to life, to wholeness, to beginnings without end, again and again and again. What is your name? Who are you? Who were you created to be? And what binds you? What binds you today? What holds you? Can you name it? And what are the voices that you listen to? Listen for the voice of Jesus. Remember who you are and remember who you were called to be. And I would just say as we gather today in our annual meeting, be careful what voices you listen to. We can be pulled in all kinds of directions. We can be bound up by fear or anxiety. Listen for the voice of Jesus. And remember who you are and who we are created to be. People who are not afraid to go to the other side. Thanks be to God.